Blog Talk Radio. What? We're doing it again. Good evening and welcome. Yeah. Welcome back to uh, Fighting Words. Uh, for some reason, our computers uh, at the Blog Talk headquarters uh, shut us down the last half hour. But uh, we're back on the air with uh, Tony, and we're honored to have a gentleman with us uh, who spent uh, 35 years plus writing uh, the Philadelphia Daily News. He's the lead uh, boxing uh, analyst. Uh, he has served as the uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Boxing Writers Association. He's a member of the New Jersey um, uh, Hall of Boxing Hall of Fame. He has been been uh, nominated and elected to the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and will finally, at, since COVID ends, will finally get his honor uh, next month when he goes up to Calistoga. New York. Uh, he is a author. Uh, if you have, if you've ever had a chance to read a book that you just can't put down, this is the guy you want to read. He has three books out now. Each and every one of them is it breaks down different things of fighting, breaks in, brings in uh, a lot of things that nobody ever thought that that had happened to people. Uh, he talks about how. Uh, good people have, have gone through this this uh, pugilistic war, and he really makes you you think about it. Um, the the books are entitled uh, Championship Rounds, and there's one, two, and three out at the present time, with a fourth to come very shortly. Uh, he's uh, we're honored to have Bernard Fernandez with us. Uh, Bernard, how you doing tonight? Good, Frank. Yeah, well, be- well, better. I've been a little <laughs> under the weather, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm almost uh, back to top form. Good, Zito. What, we're going to let you lead off the the uh, questions tonight for for Bernard. Zito. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm very sorry. Uh, I came on late. Uh, I'm actually out here with the kids of Wilmington. <laughs> I'm out here and with the kids of Wilmington. So um, can some of y'all say yeah? Yeah! Got it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the little kids and little future kids of Wilmington. There you go. So, so everybody knows that Zito also... Uh, uh, is a boxing instructor for young kids in the uh, inner city Wilmington area. Does a great job with them. Does a wonderful job with Golden Gloves. Uh, had a boy uh, was it two weeks ago or last week uh, went out. Uh, big, it was uh, uh, two weeks ago. They fought uh, Saturday. Both of them uh, lost. One of them got a little tired. He actually he's he's a hard right hand puncher. Like I, I sparred with him and. That, like he he's real like that's a guy you have to watch out for and I told him uh, to follow with the left hook. So his left hook's got it's getting kind of dangerous. Um, but uh, it's another guy, LJ. And now uh, one guy, the the guy I was talking about was named Keck, and the other guy's name's LJ. And LG is one of our prospects. Uh, he's a little more advanced, 
And LG, I had to spoil him like George Foreman, <laughs> if you understand mm-hmm. what I mean. I knew I had to eat, but he had a fight coming up. And, and usually, like, uh, a lot of guys, you know, Ty knows this. When guys have fights coming up, they have me spar him a lot of times. And that's, just, you know, and really just because I'm not, you know, the most talented in this guy, but whatever you – Whatever needs whatever needs to happen is going to happen when we spar. Simple as that. If you need, if you need, you're going to get hurt sparring me. In other words, somebody's going to get hurt. I, I don't, I don't want to brag, but I, I spar to the fact that where, you know, I try to not really hurt you, but what we're going to do, you're going to experience a lot of stuff in the fight. And I don't want a guy coming to going into a fight and saying, "Damn, man, I didn't spar this, or I didn't know that it was going to be this rough." I like, mm-hmm. and time we we come from a school to where you know we don't guys talk about this is what we do. We fight technique. You might not have all the technique of this and that, but these guys come to rumble, and I've never ever coached a guy in the ring that hasn't come to rumble. Ever, and that's why you know what I mean. To my guys, I give them all credit to the world. They never ever came to the ring, and nobody ever say they lack backing away from physicality. These guys, actually, my fault is they run into physicality a little too much. <laughs> I mean, I have you know, I, I hope I have Bob you knowing what I, you know what I mean. You know, guys who know mm-hmm. what it means to run into physicality face first too much, but. You know, that mm-hmm. I coach not to do that to a certain extent. You have to be aggressive, but not stupidly aggressive. Right. And, you know, uh, we we have, uh, have Bernard on here, and the uh, preface on his uh, first book was written by the man you just talked about, uh, Mr. George Foreman. Uh, mm-hmm. did a tremendous write-up on there. Um, and Bernard, can yeah. you tell, tell us uh, a bit more about uh, about your new book? Uh, yeah, the third one, uh, championship rounds, round three, and of course, the third round is not the championship rounds. But after the first one was championship rounds, and I did the second anthology, I'd, you know, I wasn't going to jump from round one, you know, to round ten. Um, so I'll put round, you know, championship rounds round two. The third one is round three, and the one that comes out in October will be round four. I'm not really sure if there will ever be a round five, you know, but uh, I've been going through uh, uh, my material. I mean, when you've written as long as I have and done as many stories, hundreds of stories, pro- thousands of stories probably, actually. So I had a lot of uh, material to pick from and, um, you know, divide them into sections, Um Tales worth telling, the heavyweights, the non-heavyweights. Um, the third book has got prom- the promoters. Um, it has, um, uh, you know, farewells about a tr- uh, Oba tributes to, to people who have uh, have died. Um, and the last section, which I've done in the second and third book, and also in the third, was other sports. Um, I think I have about 70 stories in the uh, third book and about, 13 or 14 mm-hmm. at the end um, uh, had, you know, you know, football, basketball, baseball stuff, just to let people know that I mm-hmm. wasn't entirely a one-trick pony, mostly, but not not entirely. Mm-hmm. 
You know, the one one thing I, I, I liked about it was uh, you talked about uh, the Denier uh, boys. Uh, I had forgotten about them being Olympic uh, in the Olympic trials. Uh, and you talked about their, them in the, in the course of the night before. Um, the the other thing that I thought that brought really brought uh, this home to me was uh, talk about the uh, Damian Feldman and uh, um, Russell Peltzen. Anybody that's been around fights in Philadelphia would know those names. Uh, and uh, you know Russell's been on with us almost almost uh, month, every month we had him on while he was working. Uh, he's now in his retirement years and uh, enjoying uh, his trips between the. Uh, Palm Beach and, uh, and Philadelphia, but um, uh, the uh, like I said before, the the, the book that, that every time you know, I pick up one of your books, I don't care which which one of it is, you can't put it down for a while, uh, and it really it, it because it's the way it's written, it puts you right in the room, um, like when a certain uh, fighter and his father uh, walk around and gave a purse to somebody because their child was. Uh, was not uh, was was having an operation, and he needed the cash. Um, you had a had, you brought that up extremely well. Um, the uh, the other thing I guess uh, is how well written it is. Uh, you know, Marty Feldman was was you have him in here. You have uh, um, you know the fact that uh, John Madden's son had. Uh, put uh, Ali's uh, training camp back together. Uh, it was all kinds of things like that, little things that we who are, are efficient, you know, we who listen to uh, the boxing and we who watch them boxing and, and read boxing uh, would never have known. But uh, I want to thank you for that. Uh, and championships rounds it is available. Uh, everybody should know that it is available through Amazon. Uh, and uh, we hope that uh, you'll at least take advantage of it, uh, read them, uh, any one of them, or all three of them at this point. Uh, they're fantastic. Uh, well, you know, the, th- the, thing, you. the thing is, when, when you're, uh, you know, when you work for a newspaper and, and you know, and you write a story and, and it's a good story, you know, but, you know, later that night, you know, it's it's going into the recycling or, or it's going – uh, you know, uh, to line the birdcage or something like that. Um, the reason I did these anthologies, um, I had offers to do books earlier in my career, but, you know, I had, I had you know, I was traveling a lot. Um, I had four children, and I didn't want to shortchange them on the time that I had at home. And then my children grew up, and then I had grandchildren, and but finally, you know, when, when I was retired, my wife was retired, I said, you know, um, I've got all this material, you know, and, and um, I, I think there's a book there. And I did the first book. And, you know, you mentioned George Foreman. Uh, I called George because I've known George a long time. And I asked him to do the uh, forward to the book. And I said, George, you got to do it. You know, you owe me. And he said, I owe you. How do I owe you? I said, George, I bought two of your grills. And he got a kick out of that, you know. And that's how that's how we wound up doing doing the uh, the forward, you know. And then Jim Lampley did the second, and uh, John Shulian, the 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 great uh, sports columnist for the Chicago uh, Sun Times for all those years, who has transitioned to being a, a screenwriter out in in Hollywood, 
um, apparently doing pretty well. He lives in Beverly Hills now. <clears throat> I think I might have to mm-hmm. try that. Anyway, um, and uh, and Ron Borges, you know, uh, another uh, Hall of Fame writer, is, is, did the foreword for for my fourth book, and um, I've been very gratified, you know, that they've gotten um, good reviews. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think one of the reasons for that is they're not all just something that happened at a fight or leading up mm-hmm. to a fight. Uh, I, a lot of the stuff, and I think that, that you know this, Frank, they're human interest stories involving people right. with boxing. You know, like like uh, mm-hmm. John Nagler, the, the, the kid who who uh, was a fan of, of Bernard Hopkins, and, and he had – he had cancer, and, and um, the Make-A-Wish Foundation sent him out to Las Vegas and his family, you know, for Bernard Hopkins' uh, fight with uh, Joe Calzaghe. And then later on, um, the last night of his life, uh, he saw he was watching at home ill, deathly ill, um, for the Bernard Hopkins, um, you know, fight um what fight was that? But anyway, the thing is, is that that you know the, he passed away the next day, and Bernard Hopkins was one of his pallbearers, and um, hmm. you know, I mean, I was the only person that was was in the in Bernard Hopkins's hotel suite when when he they met with the the kid and his family, and that was because mm-hmm. they were from the Philadelphia area, and you know, they trusted me. Not that I was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like like um, uh, a puff piece or anything, but they knew that right. I would tell the story fairly. You know, and 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 mm-hmm. I think that's the most anybody can expect. Mm-hmm. You know, that you want to you want to do it well, you want to do the story well, but you want people to think that you're fair in your coverage, and would like to think that I, I've earned that over, God, 50, what fifty fifty two years in the business now, forty three, mm-hmm. um, for newspapers. You know, so. Uh, um, can't you can't put a price tag on that you know um people sure. either trust you or or, or or they don't you know to be fair you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> let me get into uh, uh a question i had for you and and, and i want to get your your input and then go to zito and tony uh the canelo alvarez fight last week my thoughts are he has lost a lot and it, this may be time for him to uh, start looking at uh, backing out. Uh, what's your thoughts? Well, I, I, I think there—I don't think there's any question. There's been some slippage, and um, he's not that old. I'm, what he's what thirty thirty-two now, but you got to remember yes. that that he started boxing professionally at fifteen, and mm-hmm. you know that's. That's that's a lot of miles on his odometer, you know, and um, he still he still draws well, you know, and and, and people still want to see him fight. Right. Uh, but you know, some some of the you know, if he does Bivol again, if he does uh, Carlo Benavides. I mean, there, there are fights out there that that are not gimmies for him. Um, mm-hmm. For a long time, it was you know like you know whoever they were pairing him with, he was better than, and, and people knew he was better than, and he knew he was better than them. Got, probably mm-hmm. the guys he were fight, who was fighting knew he was better than them. But I think that there's mm-hmm. a ray of um, 
opportunity for some of these guys. They see him as being vulnerable, you know, and um, right. um, if he wants to fight Bivol at 175, um, Bivol said he'd come down to 168 to fight him, but, but uh, Canelo, he's got too much pride. He wants to fight, beat the guy at his, uh, at his weight, uh, his, you know, mm-hmm. or, or Bivol's natural weight. Um, I don't think that's a good mm-hmm. fight for him. Um, but then again, you know, uh, uh, Benavides and, and, and Charlo both are, are two guys, you know, that I don't know that you could say with absolute certainty, you know, that Canelo, you know, wins those fights and stays the face of boxing. Mm-hmm. See, what's your thoughts? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. The road is getting tougher for Canelo. That, that is no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to agree with uh, Bernie with that one. What I will say is this. There are levels to this. I'm not sure that Charlo is up to a level of beating the Canelo. Competing and looking a certain way means something right now, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Plant still has a name. Just because he stood and he competed well against Benavidez, he was really not expected mm-hmm. to last. I'm going to be totally honest. Uh, he wasn't expected to last with Benavidez. But mm-hmm. he, to me and, and, and to a lot of boxing experts, I think, he put up a good account of himself. Um, with mm-hmm. that said, Canelo is, and, and Neil Ty talked about this, how long can a guy mm-hmm. keep getting better? Canelo can only get better until he's good, until he peaks. Everybody peaks. Canelo has peaked. So once you peak, where else can you go? You can't go up no more. You only got one way to go. That's downhill. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, Canelo has peaked. And and, and to hop off of Bernard, what Bernard said, he's been fighting since he's been 14, professionally, since he's been 14, 15 years old. You know mm-hmm. what kind of wear and tear that takes on the body just for training? Sure. Just for training sure. and getting up for so many big fights, that is mm-hmm. like you, you kind of can't slack once you once you start needing a certain sort of quality competition, you can't slack on your training, mm-hmm. and that means a lot. That means a lot. And how old is Canelo? Thirty-two, thirty-three. Yeah, I think he's thirty-two. But you know the thing is, is that there there exactly. are fighters that 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 are old at thirty-two, and there are guys that are young at at thirty-five. You know, and and um, I don't know that it's the chronological age that's the main thing. I think it's the uh, that he's he's put a lot of rounds, a lot of training, a lot of sparring, you know, over these last 17 years, you know, and, and at some point it catches up with him. Now, you mentioned Charlo. The one thing with Charlo that, that I have, have a concern with is that he's been off a long time. I mean, he... He has not been uh, an active fighter, you know, so you don't really know what you're getting. No, you know, you don't know what you're getting with him. So, but that Benavides and Bivol, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I think those would be very tough fights for Canelo. Well, well, I think I think that um, Benavides, and I think he'd be a lot better matchup for Canelo than Bivol. We've seen Canelo and Bivol, and if I was Bivol, I would move down. I would absolutely move down to fight Canelo for the money and 
that's a guy that I kind of have the map on the beat. With Benavidez, mm-hmm. I I would love to see the fight with Benavidez and Canelo now. If Canelo gets mm-hmm. maybe, and, and I never believe I will say this, if Canelo gets maybe two years older or maybe another fight war turn, if he gets another war turn fight like, like Gennady Golovkin, what is war turn as people think? But that does last on a person who's been in the game since they've been 14 years old. That lasts on their career. That that puts another chip on it. So with Canelo, you have to like if I was if I was him, I would see Benavidez now. While Benavidez is doesn't have more experience because Benavidez is so young. He still has more growing. People forget about that with Benavidez. Caleb Plant, he's kind of peaked too. Benavidez has it. People don't, mm-hmm. people don't realize that. He is a young monster. Canelo is a peak monster. There's a difference. So if Canelo's going to mm-hmm. see Benavidez, he, I think, me personally, I think he needs to see him now. He doesn't need to see him any time after now. And if Benavidez gets a fight or two under him, I don't think Canelo needs to see him. I need to think Canelo needs to be either his fight coming up in the next two fights, Canelo needs to see Benavidez or not at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Tony, let me ask you a question then. The, the next one we got on the on the list here is uh, uh, Jaime Mongoya uh, and Derbenchenko. What's your thoughts on that fight? Uh, I like Munguia. I, I haven't seen his recent fights. I haven't really been keeping up with him. But mm-hmm. I know he was a beast not long ago, and he's a big dude. I think um, mm-hmm. he could probably take take pretty much about anyone at this point. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to have anything to do with the guy. I mean, he's a monster. And then just touching back on, on this Canelo thing you were talking about, I... A couple shows back, I remember telling you that I thought after he fought Bivol, something triggered in him mentally that it, that loss hurt him mentally. And I don't think he's really mm-hmm. recovered from that. I think he's on a slow mm-hmm. downhill ride. I don't think he's done. But one thing he doesn't want to do is I, I think he needs to stay away from Bivol altogether. It doesn't matter what weight class because he's not going to beat Bivol. It's just going to be another mm-hmm. loss. I think it's going to be even more damage to him mentally. He better, like Z was saying, you know, maybe Benavidez or, or someone like that uh, would be a good fight for him. But Bivol's going to hurt him mentally even more. That's something that I don't think he'll recover from. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think uh, about this? I personally think that um, – you know what? Let me take on this a little more. Let me take on this one a little more. <laughs> I'm going to let somebody else talk on that one. Yeah, yeah because I'm going to comment something, and I have to hold some certain things back. Let me let somebody else comment. Okay. Hi, <laughs> right, Bernard, what do you think of uh, Mongolia and Devinchenko? Uh, <laughs> well, that's a good fight, you know, but the, the thing is, is that people – People ask me, like, what is the state of boxing now to, to what it was 20 years ago? 
And I said, you know, the thing the thing is, is that it 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 the the players change, but the game doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Back when I was at the Philadelphia Daily News, you know, King hated Aram, Aram hated King, Banduva hated both of them. You know, you had Showtime and 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 uh, HBO, you know, over who was going to to do what fights because they had contracts, you know, with 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 the fighters, and and fights did not get made. Um, Riddick Bowe didn't didn't fight Mike Tyson, his his Brownsville homeboy from Brooklyn. Um, they didn't have Lennox Lewis and and Riddick Bowe. That was a fight didn't happen. Um, and then, and what do you have now? I mean, you've got Errol Spence and 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 Bud Crawford. You know, we're still waiting on that. You know, it, it's it's being negotiated. It's been being negotiated for years. And and you know, what, what do you have? You're having a, a replay, you know, of Pacquiao and and I don't know, and, and Floyd Mayweather. You know, that that marinated several years past its, its, its due date. Personally, I believe that Bivol is the wrong fight for, you know, for Canelo in a rematch. What I would like to see Bivol do, and I don't know how anybody else feels about that, I mean, I think the best fight involving him is one that not everybody thinks about, but I think it would be him and better Biv. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that's a fight that I think a lot of people would want to see. Maybe a, not everybody knows they want to see it, but but that would be part, the two best light heavyweights in the world, you know. And um, we all we all know what the, the the right fights are. But the thing is, is that you know, King is all but but done. You know, um, um, Aram's mm-hmm. still you know st- still a major player, and they've got you know you've got other broadcast entities, you've got other promoters, but all the same obstacles are in place that were there 20 years ago. That you know, mm-hmm. the game remains the same, but the players, some of the players, have changed. You know, and and that's what's frustrating. It's frustrating for me, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's frustrating for all of you. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's go for one more since there's one tonight, and I know you you uh, have uh, you, you want to get off early. Um, we got uh, Devin Haney and uh, Lomachenko tonight at 10 o'clock. Um, what do you, what's, what's your thoughts um, on that one, Bernard? You know, I, Lomachenko is another one of those guys that you wonder how many miles are on his boxing odometer. You know, um, mm-hmm. everybody knows that his amateur record was 396-1, and one, which looks mm-hmm. like a typo. I mean, it looks like they can't possibly re- – so when, when people say, well, he's only, he's only had 19 – 19 professional bouts, you know, so, you know, he's not that used up. Well, the, the 397 amateur bouts had something to do with it. And you got to remember the way he's, he trains with his father, you know, holding his breath underwater mm-hmm. for four minutes and, and you know, like playing, you know, one-person tennis where he lobs the ball to the other side of the court, you know, and runs over and hits it back to himself and runs back. And, you know, very unconditional training methods, but very demanding physically. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we saw that, that Lomachenko was not 
the Lomachenko, who made four consecutive quality opponents quit, you know, when uh, he fought Kiafilo, you know, and, and so um, Haney, I got to go with Haney in that fight because uh, he's at the top of his game, and I don't know how far Lomachenko has ceased to be the Lomachenko of our memories. I don't know. What, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Tony? I'm not real big on uh, Haney personally, but I think uh, he's right about the Lomachenko thing. I think he's just he's weathered. Um, Haney will probably win the fight. I don't think it'll be a knockout by any means or anything like that, but um, mm-hmm. Haney's just an edge better. Yeah, I think uh, if it's his fight happened a couple of years ago, I'd be leaning to Lomachenko, but I believe he's right. Uh, Haney's probably going to take this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Z, you're our technical expert. Go ahead. Well, um, to be honest, I, honestly, I've been measuring a lot of stuff up, and I think it it really depends. Hey, is going to be bigger. It's going to be rangier. Um, if Lomachenko still has the step, it's going to be a decisive fight that I think the promoters are going to have a hand in. Why do I say that? Mm-hmm. Because he's not going to lock, knock Lomachenko out. As good as a boxer as Haney is, I don't know. Him, it's going to be a total chess match. Nobody's going to hit anybody with power because both of these guys, both of these guys are sharp enough to where you're not going to hit them with power. Um, the only thing mm-hmm. is Haney's bigger. What I don't mm-hmm. like is Haney's not gonna, as big as he is. He's not the big guy that Lomachenko has to fill with power. He's also not the big guy he has to fill with leaning on. Like Lomachenko's not going to lean on. I mean, Haney's not going to lean on Lomachenko. So, to be honest, we're watching a chess match. If Lomachenko still has his steps, I don't like. I'm going to be totally honest. It's not going to be a knockout fight. It's not even. Nobody's going to get hit really hard for respect. We're going to watch a whole total chess match. Um, we're actually going to see how good Haney is. If Haney's that good, and Lomachenko is that old, then Haney wins. If Haney is not that good, and Lomachenko is not that old, he loses. If mm-hmm. Haney is that good and Lomachenko's not that old, I, I'm looking at a draw. I'm going to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of predicting uh, a draw. Somebody, I mean, the judges are going to give it to us, going to give it to but you know how I do my estimations, and it might be a draw. Okay. Tony, you, uh, you're setting that up on the pie, pie chart, right? Absolutely. Bacon as we speak. There you go. Um, I'll say one one thing about okay. about Lomachenko. I think he's had, been able to hold his breath underwater while while training for like four and a half minutes. Um, let, let, let's just hope we don't see that Lomachenko will get a story that Lomachenko was preparing for the fight and he drowned, you know, uh, in training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fight where nobody gets destroyed. 
Nobody gets the story. All right. The, the next one I have on my list is uh, Anthony Joshua uh, can finally confirmed with uh, Deontay Wilder to uh, to fight uh, in December. Um, Bernard, is is that a winnable fight for either one? Is it? Well, you know the thing. The thing is, is that if Deontay Wilder still has the overhand right that 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 got him all those knockouts, and he lands it, you know, um, early enough, you know, he he can knock him out. He could knock him out in 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 first round. But he's 37 years old. You know, he, he's. He's had some some out of the ring issues. Um, I, I really I, I really don't know where where he is at this at this point. And quite frankly, I'm not really sure where where Joshua is either. You know, I mean, that's a fight mm-hmm. that people want to see, but I suspect that it could be something less than the barn burner or the the major fight. You know, the great action fight that that people want. Um, I, I got to see where they where they're both at in the here and now, you know, and uh, not mm-hmm. not you know what they're coming with, not the track record that they're coming in on, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I, I got to take a, a wait and see attitude in that. I'd, ha- I'd have to try to see some see them in sparring, you know, or or something, you know, like um, um, I don't want to be making a pick based on. All the information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tony? I'll throw all my eggs in one basket. Deontay Wilder is going to clean his clock. That was a mistake on Joshua's part. I don't think he should do this, but I'll throw the eggs in the basket on that. Would it eat one if I have to, but I'm not going to have to. Deontay will clean his clock by the sixth round. Yeah, well, if, I had, crows to, if in, I had to uh, make a pick, I would I would pick Deontay Wilder. But you know, um, I need some more information. I had, I need I need to know where he is. I mean, he's he switched trainers, you know, and um, you know he's had some stuff uh, going on outside the ring. He's 37, you know, and um, hasn't really logged that many rounds because he whacks everybody out quickly, you know, but. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure where he is right now, and um, I'm not sure where, where Joshua is either. But you know, hold my feet to the fire. I'd, I would go with Wilder. You know, inside. You know, like I said, five six rounds. You know, and uh, but I wouldn't want to bet on it. <laughs> I will. I'll do it for you. It's Joshua's done. I heard that there's enough crows in, in the. And the, the uh, um, southern uh, D- Delaware area that uh, you'd be able to shoot a couple off and make a nice pie for him, won't you? Mm-hmm. If you, you want to ask me what? Yes, you I do. You want to ask me what? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, let me talk about bad timing. Joshua needs to come up a little more on the uptick before he meets Deontay Wilder right now. And here's why I say this. Mm-hmm. Joshua is in, as he is not a young guy either, 
He's still developing. Deontay is all he's going to be. The problem is this. All of Deontay is going to be, Joshua is going to run into it. And what has been proven is this. Joshua can't run into lesser people's things. If Deontay hits him with that, and Joshua survives several times, he's going to wear Deontay out. He, you know, Deontay doesn't stand a shot if, if Joshua eats his thing several times. Problem is this. I've seen better chins, better chins not eat it. Joshua and Deontay are polar opposites. When you have a robotic technical guy against a fluid non-technical guy, we're watching two opposite sides of the spectrum. That's beautiful to me. That's absolutely mm-hmm. That's the perfect matchup to me. When you see two opposite guys, the only thing is this. One guy, the guy that's kind of flighty and, and moves around is tough as nails. We've seen him get Tyson Fury had to beat Deontay Dale a lot of times after getting touched him. Can Joshua do that? Can Joshua do what Tyson Fury did, get up after getting touched on? Two times. Two times. Fury fought. Fury fought. Fury fought Wilder three times. And he had to get a four. Joshua, now, can we bank on Joshua doing any parts of that? I watched Joshua get rocked by Ruiz. And that's what mm-hmm. made his mistake. Joshua is capable of controlling the pace on Deontay. He's capable of doing a lot of things to Deontay. What I don't think Joshua is capable of is avoiding that. Once he gets caught with that, I don't think Joshua is going to be any more good. Boxing, boxing, but fighting, fighting. And when somebody gets hit with that thing, that, I mean, sometimes that changes everybody's aspect. Either you're conscious mm-hmm. or you're not, but at the same time, you're going to stop doing what you were doing before. It's as simple as that. And I, I do not think Joshua, if they signed it, I don't know why they signed it. That, they're trying to cash Joshua out. If they sign him against Deontay mm-hmm. right now, I think they're honestly trying to pass him up. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Okay. Okay. Tony, I know you have uh, have, a, have an eye for tonight's fight with uh, Raleigh Romero. Um, while we have the other two experts on, let's uh, let's go right to that one. Uh, I was wrong about the last one, you know, with Raleigh and Tank. Um I really believe Raleigh's mouth, and I shouldn't have. I mean, he's definitely, you know, I, I thought for sure with the way he's spitting out the stuff he was saying, he was going to back it up, but that wasn't even close. Tonight, I'm going to lean on him a little bit. I think he could probably do it, but uh, I think that last one really kind of hurt him mentally because, I mean, I, I don't think he was even expecting that, that outcome. Mm-hmm. All right. Bernard? I'm 
I'm not the biggest Raleigh Romero guy, and um, I haven't spent a lot of time um, working on this. I've been working on my fourth book, you know, so uh, I have not put the research in. But um, I don't know. We'll see what we'll see, I guess, you know. And um, um, I've been more concerned, you know, with my – with my rehab, I've, I've been sick the last last mm-hmm. week or so, you know, and right. and, and have oh, not done the man. research that I need to. But I'm not I'm not a big yeah. Romero guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, forget Lolly Romero right now. I, I I didn't want to hear it out about Bernard, and uh, really Bernard is all pairs and shout out to you. I mean, you like. <laughs> You had a book coming out. You have like a, another book coming out. I'm sorry. You have another book coming out, and we don't want to hear that about you. So right now, I don't really want to talk about a lot of you. Now. I, I understand what kind of fighting he is. I understand, but nah, nah. It, it's not about him. Now. We, 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 we mm-hmm. like Bernard. Really, really. We, we, we really want you to get right. Man. Hey, you know, Frank. I got to yeah, say Derek. one thing. You know, like when 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 you talk about my book. You know what you're talking about because you've actually read them, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so when when you have uh, you know kind words to say about about them, you know, um, um, I appreciate that more than you than you re- can realize, you know. And because uh, um, you're a fight guy, you know, and um, mm-hmm. you know that these are boxing stories, but a lot of them are human interest stories that involve right. boxers, right. you know. So two 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 different things, yeah. you know, and. Um, um, I know that you know with the third book, the first the first story in the in the in the third book that's out now, is about the young Golden Gloves boxer who went to Vietnam at 19 years old with the Marine Corps and got killed, and um, um, that was a story that meant a lot to me. I think it's the oldest story um, of all the books that I've done because it, it was from 1981, and um, mm-hmm. um, I was very involved with. Uh, with the family of that kid, you know, and um, anyway, you know, anybody that gets the third book, you know, that's the first story. I, I put it there for a purpose. Right. Well, you know, um, we, we touched on it uh, lightly, very lightly. Uh, I don't think any of our listeners uh, realize that you had some serious uh, back operations in the, this last year, and you're recovering uh, from that as well as doing rehab and uh, in talking to you the last couple of weeks, uh, I know you've been been down uh, with a cold or flu, whatever they they call that up there. Uh, and I really appreciate your taking the time to be with us. Um, I know, uh, you know, we again, uh, would you please uh, give Anne our, our very best for Mother's Day, and please thank her for allowing us the time to have you on here tonight. Um, we're going to uh, we're just getting at the end of our time here, and uh, I, I just. Uh, I want to say to everybody out there, please do not miss buying this book. It is, without a doubt, one of the neatest books you'll ever put on your library. I don't care if it's one, two, or three, or four. Uh, get one of them, read it, and you actually right in the middle of the of the situation, no matter where it is, no matter what it is. Uh, he put it in words that... Uh, that, that is so easy to read that my wife even reads it, uh, and she's not a fight fan. So uh, 
again, uh, Bernard, thank you for being on with us. Uh, we appreciate you giving us our time, uh, and uh, we hope to have you back again in the very near future. And Thanks, more Frank. Thing and, and, and thank your wife for me, too. <laughs> Amazon.com, correct? Is that where we can find the book? Yeah, we can uh, but, that on Amazon. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Amazon. Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, uh, if you go on, uh, on Amazon, you know, it's there. And, and um, I think there are other book-selling outlets, but I think the main one is Amazon. Awesome. Unless, Thank you, sir, and, for unless, unless people contact me directly, you know, I have a few copies, you know. But um, anyway, look, I appreciate it, uh, gentlemen. You know, it, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope, wish you the Thank best. You. And, again, congratulations on your uh, – your upcoming award uh, at the International Boxing Hall of Fame in Conestoga. Absolutely. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, a pleasure to, to, have, to be in the company of somebody with, that uh, uh, has been there and done that. And, um, we appreciate everything you do. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care. Okay, thank you. Lee, you want to lead us out? Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank Bernard and wish him the best, and especially with his health and all the books. Uh, I want to thank you, Butch. I want to thank Bob. I want to thank Tony. Oh, man, I want to thank everybody that's on the show. Uh, these shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mellon, Dr. Chris. Please, if anybody wants to hear any fighting words, please do call me. Tony? Thanks to uh, Bernard for coming on. That was awesome. I enjoyed that. I'm definitely going to pick up a copy of that book and read it. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and wish everyone to have a great, happy Mother's Day weekend. Uh, Z, we love you. Ty, Trevor, Frank, all of you. It's a pleasure. We'll be talking next week. Okay. See, uh, don't forget to uh, – we did uh, dedicate the uh, – the program tonight uh, to your mom, along with the uh, moms of everybody else on the, on the air. Uh, but please uh, make sure to get the good hug and kiss from uh, all of us here, and especially from Sharon and I. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women Police Department Services. When you're out there and you see somebody in a uniform, please let them know you know they're there. Uh, it's, a, it's a very tough time for anybody in uniform right now. And we also want to thank the doctors, the nurses, and the first responders to COVID uh, because you do a great job and, and wonderful people to clean up after them because they expose themselves to the COVID itself by just by cleaning up afterwards. And, um, we appreciate that. These programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcat, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Rick Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Henler, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, yeah. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Carpet Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Crystal Bay, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman and Officer Christman, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Durbin, Newcastle County Police, <clears throat> Patrolman, Patrol Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, 
Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Hope, Al Hope, Longwood Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Deputy Mike Hargrove, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Lane Lane, Polk County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Chris Meyer, Polk County Sheriff's Department. Sergeant Christopher Fitzgerald, Philadelphia Sheriff's Department, and the uh, Temple University Police Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time. Sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly in your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week. And again, happy Mother's Day to all those out mothers out there. County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999 responded to a glass emergency. May God rest his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed. Good night, Bob. We love you. Miss you.